Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're uncertain about what you really want or unsure how to be a force for good, you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we raise our vibration, we heighten the collective consciousness, and that, my friends, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyers, Anita Adams here, your host of the Joyful Journey podcast. And today I'm excited to introduce you to another joyful soul, Leah Bales, who is here to talk with us about making miracles every day. I love this topic. First, let me tell you a little bit more about our special guest, though. Leah is the founder of Soul Big Life Coaching, a podcast host and transformational teacher and speaker. When Leah recovered from an immune system crash, she woke up to the extraordinary healing power within, and that propelled her on a healing journey into ancient healing practices and modern energy medicine. Leah specializes in working with big-hearted, high achievers who have bright dreams for their lives and our world. She empowers her clients to connect with their inner strength, sense of purpose, and creative power so that they can create the life that delights their soul. She offers one-on-one coaching, retreats, workshops, and classes online around the U.S. and at her home, Dream Forest Farm. Leah, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Anita. It's so great to be here with you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I feel like you and I are entrepreneurial sisters on the same journey, which is so cool. We're doing many of the same things and serving our clients in many of the same ways. And I'm just so excited that we found each other. And you know what? As soon as I read about you, I felt that like, oh, we have all these commonalities. And yeah, I was really eager to meet you. So it's so great to be starting the connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. And, you know, I'm not in the least bit surprised that where we found each other, it seems, and you probably agree with this, when you are really clear about what it is you want and how you want to serve in the world, it seems people find you, the right people find you and, or you find them. And I just, I feel, I'm really excited about that. You find your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. In that serendipitous way, you get into it and, and unexpected miracles and yeah. acc- you know, happy accidents happen to bring you together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into talking about miracles and making them every day, can you tell us a little bit more about your backstory? What got you to where you are today? And specifically, I'm curious to know more about your your wake up call, uh, where you discovered your own healing powers. Well, You know, there's the story about when I got sick and got well, but the one that really comes to me right now, I think if you're thinking, you know, as a listener, as you are listening to this, think of the pivotal stories in your life. And sometimes we talk about one pivotal story, and I think we all have lots of them. So I invite you to notice, you know, maybe the one that you're most used to thinking of, but also some of the others. And here's one of mine. When I was a teenager, I think I was 17, it was a hot summer day, and I was hanging out with friends on the edge of a river. We'd been sliding down a rock, a slide rock, and having a great time, and I was exploring down river a little bit, and I slipped off the rock and fell into the river and was swept away. Ooh. Immediately, I left my body. Immediately, I was watching from above. I had, I could see down below, way down on the rocks, my little teenage body bouncing from rock to rock. And I was up above at the treetops watching. And I could feel this quiet, peaceful sense of connection with everything. And then suddenly I was right back in my body again, climbing up onto the rocks and my friends were coming around and I went into shock, coming back into my body. That night and ever since I've had this feeling of like, oh yes, there's so much more. 
there's so much more than we are usually taught we are. And, you know, and that experience of suddenly being outside of my body, seeing things in a different way and feeling that deep connection and peace with the world, with nature, was one of the things that has propelled me forward, that knowing there's more than we usually talk about Mm -hmm. in our everyday ordinary reality. And that more calls us into our more full expanded capacities. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful story. And I imagine I imagine it must have been really scary uh, in the the moment to see your body drifting down the rocks. It wasn't scary at all. No? It wasn't scary at all. It was that sense of like, oh, there's that little body going down there. I'm, you know, it's like that way that that we can have different perspectives. And the perspective I was in was that big overall watching perspective. As soon as I was back in my body, I was feeling all of the physicalized things, but that knowing that we can have different perspectives and that sometimes that happens. I I don't call this a near-death experience. I don't think it was that close, but it had some of the elements of what we call a near-death, certainly an out-of-body experience, but to realize I didn't just exist in that body. Mm-hmm. somehow in that wonderful wondrous mysterious way there's a part that's bigger than that mm-hmm. and so it wasn't scary while I was up there seeing it was like this great sense of oneness oh, and yeah. so that led I think of it as wonder experiences and I think we've all had them yeah mm-hmm. oh, I love that wonder experiences i'm stealing that leah wonder experience we can all use it wonder i'd like see here's one thing i think we don't talk enough about our wonder experiences and i didn't talk about it much in fact it's kind of interesting i said something about it several years ago at a family gathering and one of my relatives said i never heard about that i don't believe you because I hadn't talked about it much. Well, the reason I hadn't talked about it much was that same attitude. I'm, I don't believe you, you know, yeah. it was, but I held it close in my heart and did tell not many people at all, not because I was ashamed of it, but because it was, I don't know, sacred and different. But I think we need to tell our wonder stories yeah. because it makes us realize that we are more than the everyday reality. And that there are bigger capacities that want to come through. And I think we especially need them in the world today, our bigger capacities that are natural, that are a natural part of us. So I think it's important. Yes, please use wonder experiences. You might mention me. (laughs) Use that. Let's talk about our wonder experiences. Let's bring them up. Let's talk about them and help remind each other that we are more than we have usually been taught. Oh, wow. I love that so much. It's so beautiful. Have you, do you experience wonder experiences? Do you have wonder experiences like daily, would you say? Well, I think we can. And I think um, living in wonder is one of the best ways, you know, we're going to talk later about making miracles. But I think I I talk about um, taking off your cynic goggles and opening your wonder eyes. So you can even do it. Everybody can do it like cynic goggles. They like limit what we see and and that sort of the attitudes that go with it. Like, oh, I know all about that. Or, well, that's just kind of silly or been there, done that. And we have these that limit our vision, our perception, we take those off and we open our wonder eyes and we realize what an amazing world we live in. What an amazing world. You could do it right now. You can like open your wonder eyes to look at the world outside your room or in your room or your body or each other. You know, when we take off the goggles that limit our vision, the attitudes that keep us looking small and we look right now is a wonder experience. I have to tell you right this moment, I feel like this little girl, this little girl that's playing with the goggles in my hands and letting them go. And I just feel 
bubbleness coming up from me. It's just, it's beautiful. Thank you for bringing out the, the childhood wonder in this moment. <laughs> well, and that play, you know, that play, I think, is our best way of being creative and becoming visionaries and opening to new possibilities for ourselves and for our beautiful world. So, yes, I love that you were willing to get in it and do it physically and play and feel it. And, and then we can begin noticing what attitudes are closing our vision? What attitudes are closing us to the amazing world and possibilities that are there? And know that we have choice. We can take those off. We can open our wonder eyes. So when you say, do you have wonder experiences? Very often, we all can. You know, nature, you live in an amazing place on the island. And, you know, and I live surrounded by trees. But wherever you are, you're in a city, you're in a suburb, wherever you are, nature is there, the sky is there, trees are there, birds are there, and our, our lives are there. So we can open what an amazing world we live in. Yeah. Yesterday, when I was uh, on my usual walk uh, out through the meadow and the forest, and there's this one beautiful spot I love stopping at. It's just uh, this little bridge over this creek, and it's kind of a marshy area, and there's just so much wildlife in this area. And I just stopped and watched the birds that were flying, and there was just one, um, I think it was a raven. It was a pretty big black bird, and it was just soaring in the sky, and I started to imagine that I was that raven and I could feel it. I could feel in my imagination soaring through the skies and being lifted up by the, the draft. It was, it was just a few moments of that, maybe even just a moment of feeling that feeling that I'm up in the, in the sky with this bird being that bird. And it was magical. It felt like a little mini miracle in itself in that, in that moment. I love that. You know, we, we talk about shape shifting and shamanic work. We talk about shape shifting and it can be just that simple. We can let ourselves be taken by an image that's interesting to us. That's beautiful. That's enchanting. And imagine that we're there. And like you said, I mean, we could all feel listening to you, Anita, the, the joy that you had and the expansion. And I think too of that as kinship and you were, you were, creating kinship in yourself and that bird mm. by feeling that through that imaginal sense. And I believe kinship is another one of those things that we most need right now for our own well-being and for the well-being of our planet. Yes. Yeah. yeah, connect. So yes, that wonder. I love that. It's a perfect yeah. example of yeah. a wonder experience that you allowed yourself to have. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And that you created for yourself and you could easily, and probably you've done this. I do this sometimes too. You're thinking about something or, you know, worrying about something when you're going on your walk and you might not be as available to yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. to choose to let yourself be available is wonderful. Yeah. There's this uh, beautiful book uh, that I love by Donald, uh, sorry, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, Conversations with God. And in it, in one of his books um, of that is a trilogy, I believe in, he talks about this. He doesn't use the word kinship, but I, I like that word. He talks about identifying with everybody and everything that you come across. So if you, you know, you, you go into a store and you start to think that, I am that cashier. I am that woman. I am that old man walking with his cane. Mm -hmm. I am that street person, that homeless person. And it's an interesting exercise. I do this quite regularly and I do it with animals and I do it with actually nature all around. Like I am that tree. And it just, it's just a second or a couple seconds of thinking I am that Yes. And it's a beautiful exercise to, to do. Yeah. And I, I believe it, it creates that kinship and, and that sense of compassion. That is so beautiful. I absolutely love that. I do that too. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. And what it, it breaks the spell of our modern society of separation. Mm -hmm. And believing that we are not part of nature and we are not part of the world. It breaks that spell very, again, very quickly. You know, sometimes we forget how simple these mm -hmm. transformational things can be. And I love you've said it several times, just took a moment. It was just a shift of attention, you know, to do that. And 
what a difference it makes to realize we are all connected. Mm-hmm. I love that. I am that. I am that tree. Mm-hmm. You know, we are brothers and sisters. We are family. We are kin. I am you. You know, to find that mirror in, of, in the world of ourselves, in ourselves of the world. Beautifully said. Find us, we are not disconnected. No. And I think a lot of, a great many of our problems in the world today, I think, come from that false sense of disconnection. Absolutely. And many of the problems can be solved and healed by remembering our connection. And what you gave people is just such a beautiful example of a, a simple practice we can use as many times during the day as we want. Yeah. <laughs> I know Mother Teresa talked about, you know, from a, her Catholic perspective as a Catholic non-service worker, she talked about seeing Jesus in every face. You know, and so from each perspective, we can have, it is a spiritual perspective. It's not, it doesn't need to belong to any specific religion, but you know, it's like when you see each person as that, each being as that connected part, as that spark of divinity, however we want to imagine it, what a shifter that is. No kidding. It's, it connects you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with who we really are we are really are connected mm-hmm. 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 lovely so i came across this beautiful quote and uh, it was written by this lovely human being her name is leah bales <laughs> <laughs> in it she says a miracle maker mindset allows you to see the abundant miracles that are all around you and to open to the bright possibilities that are wanting to happen through you. I love this quote, Leah. Mm. Can, you, uh, can you elaborate on what is the miracle maker's mindset? Well, I believe we get to choose. We get to choose to be miracle makers. So I was thinking, as I was thinking toward this, of four C's. And the first one is choose. And the second one is create. But the first choose, you get to choose to be a miracle maker because you are Mm -hmm. by nature, by birthright. You are a miracle maker. And I think we often instead choose to be miracle wishers, miracle hopers. Oh, I hope something works out. I hope this works out. Realizing we can participate in the miracle making. We can open ourselves to it. And part of how we do that is to create way beyond a positive mindset, you know, is a miracle maker mindset. How do we, and, and what you quoted so well, I probably won't even say it quite as well myself, is a, a miracle maker's mindset lets us be open to the miracles that are here right now, just like we've been talking about. Yeah. And it opens us to the bright possibilities. We've taken off those goggles. We've taken off the Senate goggles. We're believing bigger. We, I, I believe possibilities are always trying to happen through us into the world. Mm-hmm. And miracles are trying to happen through us into the world. But many of our kind of normal ways, normal ways of thinking, ways in this culture of thinking, block those. Mm. So I have a whole series of little videos like Miracle Maker Mindset. And what do we, how do we do that? Little ways we shift. And so one is we take off the goggles and we see what's here. The easiest way to make miracles every single day is to notice what's around you. Mm. Notice the amazing world that is around you right now. Being present being present, being present with a playful sort of spirit. As every once in a while, you talk with people that are a little serious about being present. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, let's just play with it. Let's play with it. And, um, see, and, and then open to the little things. I mean, we have flowers growing, we have birds, all these things that are, are really miraculous in the sense of being wondrous and amazing. And so we don't need to limit ourselves. So you know, one miracle maker mindset thing is to look for the amazing, wonderful things around you right now. I'm a, I mean, I don't have any idea how people made my microphone or my glass or, you know, how these flowers grew or, you know, <laughs> and, you know, those are all gifts that happen. And, and another way we play with a miracle maker mindset is to reset 
your reticular activating system, which is a part of your brain or the RAS. And I'm sure lots of you have heard about that. Anita, you've heard about that. But it's the part of your brain that looks for what we tell it to look for. Mm, right. It collects evidence for what we believe, uh, which is why whatever we believe gets stronger and stronger and stronger because our brain says, oh, that's what she wants to believe. That's what she wants me to look for. So I'm going to find evidence for that. Example, um, if a woman uh, has the feeling that she can't trust any men, all men are untrustworthy, that is almost certainly the only kind of man she's going to find. Wow. Yes. Our brain brings that yeah. to us, and yeah, sees yeah. That, you know, and we, they, they come to us. The reticular activating system looks for that. A really simple way, a lot of people have used examples like this of how our reticular, reticular activating system works. If you're at a party and it's noisy and you can't really hear much around you, but someone across the room says your name, your brain thinks that's important and it will pick it up. You ever notice that happening? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Across the chatter, you'll hear mm-hmm. your name because your reticular activating system says, oh, Anita is that name. Anita is important. I better listen to it. <laughs> it filters out everything else because we can't pay attention to everything. So it filters everything else out except what we think is important. When I was pregnant, um, suddenly I saw pregnant women all around. When I bought a white van, I suddenly saw white vans all around. They weren't more prevalent, but my brain now believed they were important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason this is important is because when we have beliefs, we hold on to them because we keep getting evidence of them. Mm-hmm. If I believe, um, let's have a belief like, well, it's partly how prejudice happens. If we believe a certain thing about a group of people and we believe that to be true, our brain will look for evidence of it and it will filter out the other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so so we look, if we look for miracles, we'll see more miracles. Yeah, if we look for, yeah, if we look for miracles, we start seeing them. If we look for um, things, we look for Miracles not being real and being foolish and being a waste of time. That's what we'll see. Okay, cool. So that, that brings me to a question I have um, that, that cropped up in a, a book I was reading last night. I'm reading this beautiful book called The Wisdom Way of Knowing by Cynthia Burgo. And she references the gospels um, that report that Jesus could do no miracles in his hometown of Nazareth because mm-hmm. the people there could only see him as a carpenter's son. And I just thought that was so interesting. Could he, and I wonder, you know, could he not perform miracles because there was not enough belief around him? Or did he choose not to perform miracles in his hometown because the people would not recognize them as Hmm. miracles if he did? And it also made me wonder, is there an energy to miracles? And if more Hmm. people believe in them, does that energy grow to create even more or bigger miracles? Do you have any thoughts about any of this? Well, I think those are all great questions. I mean, yeah. I think, Fascinating. You know, yeah, great. And I love, again, hanging out in those, hmm, how yeah. interesting, you know, hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think to the final question, do when more of us are open to miracles and letting miracles come through us, do they happen more often? I would say almost certainly. That seems to me like that would be true. And I have felt that to be true. When you're in a group of people who is interested in looking for miracles from little miracles to big miracles, they definitely happen more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I think, oh, go ahead. What well, I, I'm just curious, that kind of comes back to where we started at the beginner, beginning when you said we should share our wonder experiences because they were making more people aware of the magic or the miracles and mm-hmm. if we talk about it more, it brings it to the forefront of our attention and we start right. seeing them more. Right. And We're resetting the reticular activating system. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, right. So fascinating. So we need to talk about those wonders. Yeah, and wonders. you know, what I often find, like I've told that story of falling into the river and being swept away several times at conferences or different things. And every single time people come up to me and say, I thought I was the only one that had that. I thought I was weird. Mm. Uh, And many people believe, you know, they've had some unexplainable experience, you know, an an experience that I would think is amazing. 
and they thought they were weird or they were told they were weird uh-huh. and they hit it. They hit it. And so yeah. we shut down that part mm-hmm. of ourselves that mm-hmm. is connected. You know, like you were very free talking about how you're like, I am the tree and I am the bird. And, you know, some people have a hard time with that. Well, I did a couple of years ago. I would not right. have talked about right. that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And especially when children grow up relating some of those experiences in families where it's not okay, or even the parents just think it's their duty to make sure the child understands reality, quote, reality, (laughs) you know, then um, that gets shut down and the kids can even feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And many of us grow up thinking, you know, I think in our culture, we marginalize the invisible. We marginalize or downplay or denigrate the soul qualities. And so for two of us, the people, probably you listening, you know, believe in soul qualities, know that soul qualities are really important, know that the invisible things, imagination and dreaming and, you know, wonder and, you know, miracles are really important. And yet our culture minimalizes and marginalizes them. So we're taking them back. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's shifting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I think it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons why I think this doing this podcast and you and I, like you do, you and I doing similar work because we want to make a bigger shift. We want more people to recognize and tap into the miracles, the magic, the wonder, the deep powers we have that we are not aware of the power to heal each other and ourselves and the planet the power to make connections between species, you know, the power to be more creative than we realize we have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And it, it's, you, you've used the word being in wonder a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and we talk about that a lot on the show as well, that we mm-hmm. need to be in wonder and what a, what a wonderful way to be is to be in wonder, right? Yeah. Look at the yeah. world in with childlike wonder love that. And we can shift into that curiosity. Like, hmm. Uh, in fact, my teachers, Gay and Katie Hendricks, have a wonderful practice that they teach that's super simple. And it's wonder questions. And it, you say, hmm, I wonder, hmm, I wonder how I could do this differently for a better outcome. Or, hmm, I wonder how I might shift this. Or, you know, any way that you can use it. But it really helps us shift from that place of like, being overly focused on figuring it out and being in an intellectual place into a more spacious, open state of mind and body where more possibilities come in. So yeah, great shift. I'm writing about that very thing right now. I'm I'm, I'm working on my book and Mm. I'm writing a chapter about surrender. And Mm. I pose that very thing. Like when you're confronted with a challenge, and you can choose, you can choose to brace yourself and fight against it, or you can choose to be in wonder. And the wonder is actually, is kind of surrendering. It's surrendering mm-hmm. to everything and choosing to be in wonder about what's going to happen next. And it's a, it's a gentle way, a gentle opening of your heart and being able to move forward to see what the possibilities might be. It's, I, I just, I love, um, I love exploring surrender because I feel like that's something I need to work on. <laughs> that's probably why I'm writing about it. Surrender, surrender, you know, and it's, uh, it's a big part of any spiritual journey as well is learning how to. It's surrender. very important. And I think it's important too, to differentiate it between giving up Oh, which absolutely. sometimes people do, you know, sometimes yeah. people, I know that's not at all what you're saying. And I think it's important to remember, you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't want to give up. I'm like, why don't keep doing this? It's like very different. And you even expressed it in your gestures. You were like opening, opening to something bigger, letting go of the forcefulness and the pushing and opening to something bigger. Yes. So really a, a huge, big, fun piece of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> fun piece indeed. Sometimes it doesn't feel fun in the moment, uh, but you can shift the attitude and make it fun for sure. All right. You sure? Well, I think part of the surrendering, the part of what's fun is we remember, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not doing this all by myself. Oh. I don't have to figure it out in yeah. my small brain, in my small, you know, the big heart, however, whatever our belief system is, you know, that bigger mind, the bigger heart, that is there that I can tap into. And that to me, we're surrendering to, and also mm -hmm. surrendering that idea of like, what I think is supposed to happen. <laughs> and yeah. almost always when we do that, don't you find like we surrender that something bigger is there. Goes up. Yeah. It's amazing when you can detach from your perceived outcomes or desired outcomes and, and just surrender to the process. It is, a, it is a, process it is a journey and it takes practice to to do that I and I I'm constantly having to work on myself to to surrender and I, I love that I love how I'm learning and leaning into mm. that practice a lot more I look forward to becoming a master it might not happen until I'm like 99 or whatever maybe maybe in another yeah. lifetime and I'm enjoying the journey <laughs> Absolutely. I know. I think um, one of my teachers said, we're all shamans and we're all stupid. It's <laughs> like, no matter who, how we are on the planet, you know, it's like, we all have moments of like transcendence and understanding yeah. and moments where just kind of like, Oh, what am I doing? You know? Right. <laughs> and I, I, that's part of the beauty of it. It is. Um, it is part of the beauty. And it's those moments that I keep seeking, you know, those moments of transcendence, those moments of connecting with that bird soaring in the sky, the moments of connecting with, other people and beings and situations and just stepping in. I'm, I just want to create more of those moments. And I, <laughs> and I am in because of this conscious intention to choose coming back to your word, choosing to create something. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You yeah. shared another quote by Gandhi that says there is a force in the universe, which if we permit it will flow through us to produce miraculous results what do you believe is that force and how I, uh, that's one of my favorite all-time quotes so I believe it's the creative force of love in the universe you know and that grows this forsythia and grows all of us and that we can tap into people might call it by different names and that doesn't really matter to me what matters is it's something right here right now we can always tap into and I know you've got that, this, so the quotes that you've made and then some others I put together that are in your resources list. I forget what you call that, your um, toolbox? My toolbox, yeah. Toolbox. Yeah, cool. And, you know, I teach people how to shift. We, when we shift out of push power, we shift out of thinking that we are the one who's got to make it happen. We're pushing and we shift into not giving up but allowing this bigger energy to move through us and help us do it. So it's like the difference between having to push some, push the river to make it happen and be in the river flowing with it to let it happen. So river of life force, we can call it, it's a little hard to find a word for it, but we all know it. Yeah. We all know that experience. Everyone, we've all had the experience where even just for a few moments, we're like, where did that come from? That idea, maybe I bet sometimes when you're writing your book, Anita, you've got like, it's like almost like you fall away and the book begins for at least a few moments, maybe writing itself where it gives you the ideas of what it wants. And so those more, when we permit it, there is a force that will flow through us to produce miraculous results. Years ago, I was um, helping to teach at a, yoga retreats or a, a yoga a yoga therapy program at the Mount Madonna retreat center and one day it was a very very hot afternoon there was a group of men out building a rock wall they were people who lived there at the community and were building a rock wall most of them were very young men in their late 20s early 30s very strong vigorous one man was barely five feet tall and he was very very thin and he was in his 70s and he was outworking all of the big, strong, young men. He could lift rocks as if they were boulder, or boulders, big rocks, as if they were feathers and place them in place. And he worked with a smooth 
effortless grace and calm. And in the evening that night, I was sitting in the dining room and some of the young men who've been working with him came in and they were saying, you know, like, oh man, all day long we're working and we're sweating and we're so tired. And we into the day we're exhausted. Babaji, they call him Babaji, never breaks a sweat. He works harder. He gets more done than all of us but he's doing it in a different way. Babaji is working in a whole different way, man. He's working with energy. Babaji knew how to let the energy come through so he could work with it to build the rock wall. Now we all have that capacity. Whether you're building a rock wall, you can do it from force, you can do it from effort, you can do it by being the conduit for that force that creates miraculous results to come through. And we can all learn to do that. Mm. I want to know how. <laughs> do, you, do you have the secrets to share? Or? Well, I do. I have a way. Um, you know, it's, it begins. It's, um, I, I mentioned it on the handout that is in your um, toolbox. I have in the Soul Big Life treasure trove, there is something that's called the 60-second shift from push power to flow power. And it's five steps that people go through energetically that can happen in less than a minute. And, you know, of course, that's something I work with private clients too, but it's right there in the report. I encourage you to, it's free. It's there on the handout that Anita has included of mine in her toolbox. And I encourage you to sign up for that, the 60 second shift and, you know, begin to play with it. I was talking to a client last week who was work, is a professor and she's working on a book. And she said, she calls it, um, what do you call it? Grind power. You know, I call it push power, but it's like, you're just in that, um, no, she called it clench mode when she gets into that <laughs> clench mode. And then when she learned in the way we've talked about to shift out of it, and so one of the ways we can see that we're in that, like we're really trying hard, we tense, our bodies tense, our eyes tense, we're working, we're pushing hard. We think that's the best way to get things done and it works against us. Mm -hmm. So it's the process of letting that go and letting ourselves open into a bigger flow that can happen through us. Mm -hmm. It's not giving up on our big goals and dreams, it's doing them more like Babaji was building that rock wall. And she said, I can't believe how much difference that makes. And she said, sometimes her brain will go, no, I've got to push. I've got to get this done. And she said, as soon as she went through that shift, what a difference it makes. And I, you know, people from all walks of life, whatever we're creating, we can do in that way of flow power instead of push power. I love that. I, yeah, I, I will uh, check that out more myself because I am somebody, I'm an A-type personality, you know, I'm competitive. I'd like to get things. I'm very, I'm ambitious. I'm driven. I love what I do. And I try to, I push myself sometimes too hard. And a big reason why I started walking, doing my daily walks in the forest was to let go of all that, you know, just trying to calm the mind, trying to calm the body and to be more in flow. It is a very conscious thing that I have to keep reminding myself uh, mm -hmm. to, to do because I, I am hardwired to push and mm -hmm. it, I find it really challenging to often let go of um that that push that drive to make well things. and you know that's what we're taught to do and it works up to a point up to a point <laughs> you break down and crash. it works up to a point and then it's exhausting it is and it will never take us to where we really want to go yeah yeah and yeah. I know like I can point to times in my life and there have been many times in my life where I've I have successfully let go and been in mm -hmm. that flow and I'm amazed at what has has yes. happened you yes. know so I so I have experienced it many times and I still have to keep reminding myself to just be in that that river be in that flow so. and that totally makes sense and also I think we have to convince ourselves that it doesn't mean we're just going to go lie in a hammock all day which is yeah, exactly wild, but, you know it doesn't mean you have to like give up all of your goals and dreams to be able to do it it means that it's a better way to do them yeah. And, you know, it's, it's breaking for most of us, it's breaking a really big pattern. You know, I just briefly, that's how I got, had the immune system crash in my early thirties. I was, you know, that you mentioned earlier, I was in grad school. I had three little children. I was, um, 
volunteering at the school. I was babysitting other people's kids. I was going for my big goals and dreams the way I thought I was supposed to, which is pushing and pushing. I got sick. I kept pushing. I was tired. I kept pushing. I pushed and pushed and pushed until I woke up in the middle of the night and my heart was going boom, 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 boom. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. And yet I thought, I wonder if I should wake my husband up. And I didn't. <laughs> I like, you know, because I was self-reliant. I was going to deal with it. And and then I woke up the next morning. I could not move. I mm. felt like a truck had run over me. Mm. And I, you know, took me a long time to recover. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yeah. That wake up call. It was a makeup call. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And it took me into studying the things that I then learned for myself and to help other people learn to heal themselves. I worked for 20 some years as a holistic um, mind-body therapist and created wellness programs for hospital systems, lots of different stuff. Mm -hmm. And now I use those same mind-body, holistic energy healing techniques for people to be more creative, for people to be more, you know, satisfied in their lives, people to create the lives that delight their souls. Yeah, We're still yeah. using those same things, just not using them in a hospital with people with chronic pain. I'm using them for big hearted high achievers, for people who have a lot they want to create in the world and they pushing to do it. Yeah. And we can do it differently and be more effective and much more joyful on this yeah. journey. Absolutely. <laughs> right, I want to, I want to bring it back to uh, talking about making miracles every day. Mm-hmm. We identified that being in wonder and removing the, the cynical goggles is a key part to um, making miracles. Is there, is there anything else that we can do on a, maybe even on a daily basis to mm-hmm. strengthen our miracle making abilities? Well, one thing I think I mentioned, um, the four C's. So the first is choose. You're going to choose. I am a miracle maker. (laughs) You know, be participating in that. And then there's creating and creating a miracle mindset. How, what is, what allows us to open to more miracles? So we look at that. And the third is clear away what's in, what's blocking. And some of that is noticing attitudes, attitudes of cynicism, attitudes of being overly realistic. Um, Also getting caught in the dailiness. Now daily life is beautiful and wonderful and amazing and I love it. And we can get so caught um, in that that we forget to have the bigger picture. And so we notice, I have my Persithia a little too close to me. <laughs> she and I are dancing here. <laughs> she, I think she wants to gesture also. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, you know, that what is in the way of it? Sometimes it's just, we can get ground down by the dailiness <laughs> yesterday spent many hours on the fo- on the phone with i'm trying to figure out an email problem and it even got worse and worse this morning <laughs> you know so those daily things we all deal with sometimes can grind us down and we can choose to clear those away they things happen and we choose to also find the miracle in it so we notice what's in the way um perfectionism Mm-hmm. is a great thing that gets in the way um self-doubt you know and that we lovingly notice these parts and um work with them to clear them i have a journaling practice that i off i teach a lot of my clients and students and it's it's a, a variation of actually i borrowed it and kind of changed it from something melody Beattie does and it's similar to morning pages which i think you do mm-hmm. but one of the focuses is gratitude and probably Everyone listening to your show has done gratitude journals. There's a little twist to it. You do it first thing in the morning because that's when like things are really, really fresh. I'm grateful. And then I'm even grateful for the yucky emotions. I'm even grateful for the emotions that are uncomfortable. I call them the yucky emotions because that's how they feel to me. And it, write those down. And this she, Melody Beattie does it, like talked about doing it for 10 minutes. And that's what I suggest to my clients. But it's like a venting. And it's because we tend to, those of us who are positive, 
you and me and your listeners, those of us who are wanting to create a better world and want to live in joy, have a tendency often to push down the quote negative emotions. And when we actually invite them in with kindness, and we say, I'm even grateful for those because they are part of being alive. They are there in a way that will guide us. And so it's an energy that gets released. And this is a, a more, mm, there's a lot more we could say about this, but just as a very brief thing, it's just inviting even those yucky emotions. And they tend to be more present in the moment. A couple of days ago, I was feeling very discouraged about something and I would prefer not to look at it. However, I know if I do let it come up and I bring it into a field of kindness and I let those feelings, what they feel, it feels like in my body to feel discouraged, let that come through and I jot it down. There's a clearing that happens. Mm. When that clearing happens, we are more open again to the possibilities that want to happen in our life. We're more open to that river of energy that wants to flow through to create great results, miraculous results. So that clearing process is important. Mm, beautiful. I, I really love that. I think we can learn so much from those dark places too, or those emotions and, and be in wonder about them as well. I like the idea of embracing them with kindness and inviting yes. them in with love. What a beautiful yes. way of visualizing your mm -hmm. emotions and how you want to treat with them, treat them. Yeah, I think of them sometimes as like these little, like kind of slimy creatures we put down in the cellar. <laughs> They're really dark and they have it. We open the doors and come on into the kitchen, have some tea. <laughs> You know, come on in, you know, and as soon as they, they shift, yeah. you know, come on in, you know, on yeah. In. Yeah. so come yeah. on in and because they really do have energy for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play with that some more. Thank you. Um, I, I just, I want some clarity. We've got, um, you said the four C's choose, choose to make miracles, um, create, create a miracle mindset, clear away the blocks what was the fourth? Did I miss that? No, we haven't said it yet. It's oh, okay. celebrate. It's celebrate. Celebrate. Of course. <laughs> celebrate to me is one of my favorite words. And uh, I think of celebration as a form of gratitude, Absolutely. you know, where we're grateful for what we've been able to accomplish. We're grateful for what we have and we celebrate it and we find ways to do that. And the more we celebrate the goodness that has come to our world, the beauty that we see, you know, it, it, the more, more comes in. There was a great movie a few years ago <laughs> and I love the title as much as the movie. It was called happy. Thank you more, please. Oh, that's awesome. I've, I haven't heard that. I'm going to have to look for it. Happy, it thank an, you more, please. Happy, thank you more, please. And, you know, that is a great mantra. <sighs> you're happy with what you have, what you already have. You're giving gratitude for it. And you're saying, yes, more, please. Because I think sometimes we get caught. Some people get caught in the place of like, I want more. I need more. I need more. And they forget to be grateful, which we need. Some of us, which is more for me and maybe for you too are more in like oh I'm so grateful how could I ask for anything more you know I have so much why would I ever need more you know yeah. and and so to be like open and it's like you know it's like happy thank you more please more <laughs> please. yeah because the more we open to that the more we have in our life and the more we have to share that is going to be my new mantra. I love it. <laughs> Good. Good. It's definitely one of my favorites. And so it's that living in that, that celebratory state and, you know, celebrating, I think rather than looking at like what you didn't get done at the end of the day, celebrating whatever you did get done, even however minor it is. I like never really get done with my to-do list, but I do try to remember to celebrate what did get done brilliant. <laughs> and, and I find too, that many people that I work with have a hard time celebrating their own achievements. Mm -hmm. And when we can think of it as a form of gratitude, because our gifts, I believe are bestowed upon us. And so it's our job <laughs> to bring those gifts to the world as fully as we can get out of the way, do what we can to bring those gifts to the world. And we celebrate them not as a form of self aggrandizement, but as gratitude that we have these and that we're able to bring them into the world. Beautiful. 
So many, so many nuggets of wisdom in this conversation. I have one last question for you, Leah. The big picture vision for the Joyful Journey podcast is to heighten the collective consciousness and to harmonize humanity. What is one thing you think we can do as individuals to raise our vibration so we can access our highest self and move closer to achieving this goal? Well, one of the things we can do individually and collectively as part of the Miracle Maker mindset is begin thinking of the world we would love to live in. Mm. What is the world we would love to create? And we think of that for ourselves. And then we think, what are the steps today I take toward that? But I think it's really important, and I'm so glad you brought this up, to think of it collectively. Mm-hmm. What is the world I want to live in? It's so easy to think of. I can't believe this is happening and this is happening. It's so awful. When we we go into what is the world I want to help create? What is the world I want to live in? I want my children, my grandchildren, the grandchildren of all species to live in. What is that world? And and that just envisioning that is important. Mm -hmm. Envisioning it and again, talking about it. We talk about it with people. What is the world you envision? What is the world I envision? When we open to possibilities, and then we also ask, what is my step today toward that? Yeah, and it may be very small. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what do I do? It may be a way of being. Mm-hmm. It may be an action. It may be a letter. It may be something we do, you know, that feels like an outward action. It may be a way of being. Mm-hmm. And we, because we are all creating that future together, whether we're aware of it or not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Leah. I absolutely loved our conversation today. And I feel like we could sit and talk for hours and hours and hours about all this stuff and so much more. Such a kindred spirit you are. Thank you for your time, your generosity, your beautiful words of wisdom for showing up with your full heart wide open. It was a lovely experience with you this this hour we spent together. Thank you. It has been a great delight. Thank you so much. I have absolutely loved it. And I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you. And Joyful Journeyers, I hope you enjoyed our show today. If you did, please, uh, please leave a comment or a review. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated with you, please visit our website at joyfulinspiredliving.com. Sign up to receive a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom and become a member of the Joyful Inspired Living community. For a deeper spiritual dive, check out our retreats. We offer both in-person retreats on beautiful Bowen Island in British Columbia, as well as online retreats that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And finally, if you liked our show, please leave a review so more people can find it and learn how to access their highest self. And together, we'll raise the collective consciousness.